Welcome to the Thrash Report, episode number 10 for August 5th, 2020, the weekly music commentary podcast where we discuss all things metal and heavy music. As always, joining me, my co-host, Jim Osborne. Jim, how's it going, man? Hey, 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 I'm your co-host. I'm your co-host when you want, love. (laughs) Just pay the price. I'm doing good, Chris Luger. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I know it's been uh, it's been a little bit of time. I know we took a, a, a couple extra days there. Um, we had a great episode last week. Um, yes, a, a great interview with Conan from Ex Mortis. If uh, if anyone uh-huh. missed that episode, go back and check out episode number nine. It was I got to say probably our best episode so far. It was great. I agree. Was that. Great. Yep, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, wicked fun time. And you know what? It was really fun because Conan was just a really cool dude, (laughs) you know? So, uh, yeah, super fun. Um, And just as as a reminder, this episode is brought to you by Heavy Shirts. These are shirts with attitude. Make sure you go check out the newest design, the Metal Against Racism tee. We are all united. We stand together, and we are Metal Against Racism. Go ahead and order your shirt today at heavy-shirts.com. Use promo code THRASH REPORT for 20% off your order. There's a couple other metal designs up there, and uh, there's some geeky humor shirts up there as well. Don't forget, you can always reach out to us. We want to hear from you. Jim, we want to hear from these guys, right? Reach me. Touch me. Make me feel. <laughs> Go ahead and reach, reach out to us at thethrashreport at gmail.com. Make sure you check out our yes, Facebook page. Yeah, make a, uh, check out our Facebook page. And also... Reach out to us on uh, reach out and t- touch us on social at Thrash Report <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. So we're gonna jump into the headlines. Let's go ahead and make some sense of some of this stuff, Jim. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. It is someone's birthday. Yeah, it was today is Wednesday, but on Monday, how can we not mention Papa Het, the man, the riff master, James Hetfield, fifty-seven. Dude, on Monday, 57 years old. That is just, that's <laughs> awesome. No, seriously. I mean, it's just, it, it's so great that these bands can just continue uh, to, to do these things and to thrive. I mean, some of these are re- mm-hmm. re- releasing some amazing stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't think his right hand has slowed down at all in the last almost 40 years. Yeah. Just maybe his riffs aren't as heavy and well, some are as fast as some of his older ones, but Maybe all around not as heavy, but the dude can still write licks. They're hooky and just good stuff all around. And I watched the beginning of Metallica Mondays, which is their YouTube. Every Monday, Metallica's releasing something from their vault. And it's just a show over any over their careers, any show. And this last Monday was live in Dallas 2000 on Hetfield's birthday. So I got to watch the rest of that. But it's cool seeing them one with Jason Newstead in it finally because it's most of the ones I have have been with Robert yep but I grew up with Newstead and just his backing vocals I have man just not to say anything bad about Robert but he's got nothing on Newstead just amazing yeah very very cool absolutely growl absolutely and I remember uh so the 1990-91 uh the Black Album Tour um Mm -hmm. basically there they were here in Minneapolis and they uh it was an evening with metallica was the show so there was no opening act or anything right right and uh i had myself and i don't know (laughs) 
four or five friends. No, man, it was probably more than that. Five, six friends jammed into my 1980 uh, Chevy Citation hatchback. <laughs> and it's like you couldn't even close the hatchback. People were like hanging out of the car. But we get there. I hear you'll get a, I hear you'll get a citation if you're caught driving one now. <laughs> probably. Is that true? Uh, a citation. Ha, ha, ha. I mean, you're, you're <laughs> quick. You're, you're witty, man. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. This car was so rusty. Like, it, you could, like, reach your hand, like, through the door to, like, open it so the locks didn't do anything. It was pretty great. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, like, I remember we got to that show, um, and we get there. The lights have already went down. They've already started the set. And our seats are nosebleeds. So we get there, and we scatter, right? Me and the six buddies, we scatter. And my friend Matt and I, uh, his name is uh, Matt. If you're listening, you know who you are, man. This this was super, super fun. We we go down. We are down like at the barricade. We are like front row at the barricade at this show. And the best part was during Seek and Destroy, James, get, James gets down and was walking around and handed <laughs> the mic to my friend Matt. And Matt got to sing one of the lines for Seek and Destroy. And it was just, it was one of those things I'll always remember. It was, it was pretty epic. That's awesome. I'm guessing he got the scream, Seek and Destroy. Or was yep, it yep, the other yep, lyrics? yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it was super fun. And now my friend Matt, uh, he actually moved to Wisconsin. And he is in um, a country band named Four Lane Highway. So just an FYI. So again, okay. tastes tastes can go all over the place, right? But that's what he's <laughs> yeah. doing today. Yeah. So what have you got? Yeah. So a little bit on the Metallica side again, you know, this, this is one that came up and I just, I think this is really, this is crazy. Um, it, we all kind of criticized a little bit uh, around Metallica's Lulu project this was the collaboration with Lou Reed and Metallica and um you know I I I kind of took a step back I mean I, I was kind of unfamiliar with it mm-hmm. um as as artists and musicians I feel as though go ahead and like do whatever you want to do like right. you know I, I'm not going to judge and but some some things I'm a fan of some things I'm not whatever um mm-hmm. so they can just do what they want to do but um it has gotten much criticized that people were kind of unhappy with that. Right. Well, uh, hate breeds own Jamie Josta. Um, basically he said, Hey, no, no diss to Lou Reed, but he's come up with a great solution. He basically in a tweet said that he would donate $50,000 to Metallica's all within my hands foundation, their nonprofit foundation. If they let him and a bunch of other metal singers record their own vocals for Lulu's instrumental tracks. <laughs> I think it'd be a great idea. It'd be a great collaboration yeah, no project, kidding. right? Yeah. I actually did hear on another podcast that they were discussing this and how great the music is and how they would love to hear the music, but not Lou Reed. Cause it just like so many people think it just doesn't fit. So I'd totally be up to hear that. It'd be interesting to see who we get. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, and it's one of those things where you and I were talking uh, before the show, we were talking about Jamie Josta and um, you know, we, we, we all know him as, uh, as you know, lead singer of Hate Breed, um, kind of, you know, that, that, that hardcore um, vocal stylings. And, uh, but the guy, you know, he, uh, you called him, he's a, he's a Titan 
in the music industry and he's, he's a producer producer a writer um yeah he's he's a pretty talented dude for sure yeah the ever... first taste of him was on headbangers ball when they did the reboot on mtv2 and he was the host oh really yeah yeah did an awesome job there too that's awesome Very well respected dude have sure. you ever have you ever watched uh there was like a couple episodes of him. God, it was so funny. A few years ago, he did this thing called Metal Dudes Doing Non-Metal Things. Oh, my God. It was so funny, dude. It was like him and him and a bunch of other dudes. Like they would be like at the petting zoo. They would be at, <laughs> they'd be like at the carnival. Right. And it was just like, does this does this make me look metal? Does this metal or not metal? Like it was it was pretty fun. Yeah. So metal yeah. dudes doing non-metal things. Go check it out on YouTube. It's pretty hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so we talk about Metallica a lot here, is that? But I think that's fine since we are a thrash podcast. Absolutely. And not much of a bigger thrash band than Metallica. I would like to take a quick minute or a moment to talk about the bass on Injustice for All. Okay. And I'm done. <laughs> Oh, that was good. That was good. Yeah, thank you. I like that. That one. was not edited, everybody. That was that was live, <laughs> uncut. Oh, that was good. <laughs> I like that one. Um, you know, speaking of bass on uh, uh, on Newstead, um, I actually got a chance. This is one of my another lame claim to fame, right? This is was, not lame. I know where you're going. <laughs> I actually I got to meet him. Um, I was actually flying out to San Francisco for work and. Uh, Literally from Minneapolis, I, I get I get on the plane and sure enough, sitting there right in one of the first couple rows was Jason Newstead. And I like I walk I walk on the plane and I'm just like, Jason? And he like looks at me and he goes, Hey, hey brother. And he reaches out his hand, he shakes my hand. I'm like, dude, I'm a huge fan. He goes, Thank you, man. And uh, he's like, What's your name? And I'm I'm like, Chris. And he goes, Chris, nice to meet you. I mean, he's just a super humble, really cool dude. But awesome. out of out of all the chaos of just boarding an airplane, he took uh, took a few seconds just to say hi to a fan. So it was uh, it was a pretty surreal experience. <laughs> That's awesome, and I've always kind of had a little man crush on him just from watching his videos and back in the day, and just just thought he was awesome. And <laughs> one day, my wife wakes up and says, "I had a dream I made out with Jason Newstead." <laughs> I looked at her like, "I'm so jealous." <laughs> Oh, it's too then, funny. Yeah, and then I forget what we were watching. Uh, oh, we were watching A Year and a Half in the Life of Metallica last week. And yeah. she was saying, like, oh, I, I get your crush on him. Like, yeah, he's cool. Like, she hadn't <laughs> seen him behind the scenes much at all. And just, I like the sides of his head all shaved and his glasses. He's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's that's funny. Yeah, my uh, again, my, my buddy Eric, uh, the wiener. He knows who he is. He'll oh. listen to this. Um, is that the first time you've named the wiener? I uh, I don't know if I have or not. But anyway, yeah. Um, you're not anonymous anymore. Wiener. Yeah, you're not anonymous. Um, we will now refer to him as Eric the Wiener. Um, <laughs> so he, uh, yeah, he was. So he was really into Voivod like earlier. So he knew mm. who knew he knew Jason uh, going into it. I mean, I had I had, I was unfamiliar so. It was my first uh, introduction to Jason Newstead, um, and again, you know, understanding the controversy over the the, the bass mixing on, on Justice for All, but um, we get it. I got a back 
I gotta back you up a second on it. I have to out the wiener a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that sounds weird. <laughs> no. Dude, you almost you made coffee. Mentioned... You almost made coffee come up my nose. Come on. <laughs> but you say that he calls you out sometimes on facts or stuff on this show. Yes. And you just said he knows him from Voivod. Yes. So to save you and the embarrassment, did you mean Flotsam and Jetsam? Yes. Yes, I did. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> but didn't he did, but didn't he play with Voivod though as well? Like he, he after, did. But was that just like a guest fill in thing? I'm not sure how long he was with them. I don't think it was too long, but the way you had said it made it sound like But you're right. Uh, yes. He knew Newstead before Metallica. You're right. It was Flotsam and Jetson. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for that. Oh, that so, was good. That was I guess good. that would be a cock block. <laughs> Stopping the wiener from getting you. Yes. Thank you for All blocking right. the wiener. That was awesome. Um, Don't point me. <laughs> so, you know, something. what always catches my eye when I'm reading some of the news is when I see the words super group. Because um, yeah. I always get kind of excited, like, you know, what, are the, what kind of collaboration are we going to be seeing? Um, I don't know if you remember. Uh, do you remember the, the reality TV show called Super Group? I don't even know what channel it was on back in the day, but it had like the dude from Biohazard. It had uh, Scott Ian. Seinfeld. Yep. Yeah. Scott Ian, Ted Nugent. S- uh, Sebastian Bach. Jason, Jason Bonham. John, Jason Bonham, the yep. son, right? Yep. The, yeah. The Living Bonham. The Living Bottom. yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, we watched that whole series. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was good, man. It was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, but anyway, so there's a new story here, uh, Supergroup. So um, our friends Chris Jericho and uh, Nita Strauss, Hurricane, um, <laughs> Phil, Phil Demel, right, which we talked about yes. before from Machine Head and Violence, as well as, uh, yeah, as well as uh, Jenny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold. And also including on drums is Josh uh, Villata. I'm not sure if I'm still saying it right, but uh, basically longtime boyfriend and um, manager and producer of um, Nita's like solo stuff. Um mm-hmm. They now have a brand new supergroup called The Wheel Blocks. So uh, what's cool is that the first recording, they're going to do a cover version of Iron Maiden's Aces High, which is probably one of my awesome. one of my favorite tracks. Yeah. So that, that's going to be uh, debuting uh, tomorrow, Thursday, the 6th. So make sure you go okay. and check it out. Um, you know, I, I'm a fan of Chris Jericho. Um, Fozzie, their earlier stuff. I think was better. I mean, just being transparent, the newer stuff, definitely yeah, a I'm lot too more familiar with Fozzie. Yeah, man. I, the newer, the newer stuff, definitely a lot more radio friendly. Um, I know that. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, which is totally fine, man. You go the direction you want to go, but um, I like, uh, you know, Chris Jericho. He's, he's a, I remember when, again, uh, the wiener back in the day, we would, <laughs> when Chris Jericho got started, I don't even know if it was Fozzie at the time, but they would just do, tons of covers i mean they'd be they'd be doing iron maiden judas priest like all these covers and that's kind of where i first heard chris jericho i'm like what that this pro wrestler is like singing what's going on <laughs> but dude yeah. it was freaking awesome and then i remember uh the album happenstance came out and it was it was pretty good man it was it was great so um yeah, i'm excited to see what uh, what wheel blocks brings us as far as this collaboration with these uh these guys it'll be fun yeah that's definitely a lot of talent there Cool man. That'll be interesting. Let's uh let's roll into some releases, some current releases. What do you got, Jim? Okay. 
Well, wasn't sure where to put this, if it was a headline or a new release, but the band Gojira just released a new song today. Oh. And a video to go with it is called Another World. It's their first release since Magma in 2016. And they say that it is their take on 1968's Planet of the Apes. Oh, okay. So I heard it a few times today on Liquid Metal. Shout out. Nice. And I have not seen the video yet. I've seen it posted a bunch of times, but I have not watched it. I think it looks like it's a animated space kind of thing but cool I'll definitely have to check that out so cool not yeah, exactly I'm... thrash but i know a lot of people really respect gojira and i know they're a big name in metal so check it out awesome yeah we'll do for sure um i've seen Go- gojira a, a couple times uh supporting mm-hmm. other acts um i'm not really yeah, too familiar here. with i'm not really too familiar with their stuff but yeah i'll definitely check it out what's the name of the what's the name of the single again another world cool Awesome. And we'll make I sure wasn't that I'm able to find out a release date for an album or anything. This is kind of a standalone release, but they are working and they're touring in 2021. As of now, it's scheduled, but we'll see. And I saw that their first date is Minneapolis. What? Dude. Yeah, yeah buddy. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, cool, man. I'll, I'll make sure I check it out. And just as a reminder, too, to everyone listening, We'll make sure that we have all links to these uh, stories and tracks and videos, everything in our show notes. So basically, um, wherever you get your podcast, go ahead and click on the details. We'll have everything there. And as a reminder, make sure you leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. Um, again, leave uh, whatever you think. Good review would be great, yeah. but even if it's not, that's okay, man. <laughs> go ahead and leave a review. Um, yep, yeah, I want to hear. So we're, uh, you know... The, the release that really uh, – that was just – it was awesome last week was the new release from D. Snyder. It was actually a live release for The Love of Metal. And this was the, the kind of collaboration of uh, uh, Jamie Josta, basically. Um, those of you that may not know the story, but it was pretty big news back when it happened um, a few years ago. Basically, um, it was like live on the, on the, on the podcast. Um, Basically, Jamie Josta was like, D, you, you have an iconic voice that would just do metal justice. Like, it would be great. And basically, D sat back and said, awesome. Like, bring me, bring me, bring me the music and stuff, and, and I'll sing it. And within a day, they had, like, all these artists that wanted to help and participate and help write and, and arrange um, you know, and, and help. And it was just awesome. So for the love of metal is a great release, but this live release, um, basically recorded at bloodstock and it also includes a Blu-ray, uh, video as well. I've been looking high and low to see where I can get that in digital. Doesn't, Mm -hmm. doesn't seem to be available anywhere. So, I mean, I have, um, I don't really use DVDs much anymore, but, uh, (laughs) so, um, you know, I even tweeted at D. I'm like, hey, buddy, <laughs> you know, give the, give the, like, help me out, man. How can we get this on <laughs> yeah. digital? Um, but really, what was so great was that this was just really so fun. So not only do you hear all this solo, this solo material, which is super cool, right? Like, Lies Are a Business. I mean, talk about a freaking thrash song. Like, it's just so good, so heavy. But then yeah. also, there was some twisted sister classic stuff. And what blew my mind is he even did a deep cut from Widowmaker. Those of you that may remember, Widowmaker was the band that D had after Twisted Sister. 
and they played the song called Ready to Fall. And Widowmaker is great. I was a huge fan back then. I saw him twice when they were here in Minneapolis. Um, so I'm a huge fan of Widowmaker. I think they got some killer tunes. Um, but it was super fun to hear that again live, right? This this old song that you you know never thought I would hear it again live. So the new band, and again, I really I did some research trying to figure out who the touring band is for this yeah. <laughs> and what was recorded. I had a hard time finding anybody. So again, if you want, if you know more information, feel feel free to hit us up uh, to get more information on these uh, musicians that toured on this. Um, another thing that was really cool is that everything sounded so heavy. So in addition to being so fun, it was super heavy. And mm-hmm. uh, they also did a cover of uh, ACDC's Highway to Hell, which is pretty cool. And then they also have a brand new unreleased track called Prove Me Wrong. And that was a single that they released just a few weeks back. But uh, it's included on this uh, on this disc. And now let me let me just say something. D. Snyder, he's sixty five years old, right? Yep. And he is in. He's pretty ripped. Like he's <laughs> he's in shape. He works out. Um, I remember when I saw him on the last run of Twisted Sister dates. You know, he was saying he's going to hang it up and he's he's done. And he would jokingly say, you know, I want to go back and eat some carbs. Like I want to, I want to be able to enjoy, enjoy. He goes, I want to have a bagel. Like that's why he wants to to stop and, you know, but so he he's in way better shape than I'm than I am. But there was a couple times on this live release, he kind of sounded out of breath. I got to tell you. Now he puts oh, on yeah. a really good stage show, right? He's running and jumping, and I mean he's moving. So, but vocally he sounded great. It was a super fun mm-hmm. listen. So, um, if you are into some heavy stuff and even some older twisted stuff be sure to check out for the love of metal live on napalm records it was it was awesome definitely i remember hearing that when it first came out that was a year year and a half ago yep and listen i haven't listened to it for a while but back and hearing him play some of the songs on the radio was i liked it it was cool it was catchy and yeah, yeah. very very cool and again you know it's it's going back to uh jamie josta and many others um that helped uh, write and and arrange and record that that album just absolutely amazing um the next release that that uh i want to talk about is a is a german power metal band uh called primal fear um their newest release uh just dropped um it's their 13th studio album i can't believe it's been 22 Jeez. years <laughs> since they came out this new album called metal commando um now this is led by uh, the ex Gamma Ray frontman and singer Ralph Sheepers and Sinner guitarist Matt Sinner. Um, now, I was a huge Gamma Ray fan because I was a huge Kai Henson fan from Halloween. So when he departed Halloween and went and formed Gamma Ray, um, I followed that and it was awesome. And that that first release of uh, uh, so I was a huge Gamma Ray fan with Ralph Sheepers, and then the first few releases of Primal Fear when Ralph went on to uh, form Primal Fear, was pretty awesome. So their self-titled release, um, their next release, Jaws of Death and then Nuclear Fire. This was back in like 1999 and 2001. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, I mean, I listened to this newest release and uh, I don't know, it's, it's, I don't want to just come off, you know, come off and say, hey, it's boring, but sometimes... 
I don't know. It's just, it really just didn't get me. You know what I mean? Like it's got to have something that just brings me in. And, and while they are like super dialed in, they're really technical. I mean, they are awesome at what they do. Right. Um, But it's kind of predictable. It's the same formula. And I I just, eh, I just really didn't get into it. So um, again, the first few releases, I was definitely a fan, but this one just didn't really hold me. I'll come back in a month or two. Sometimes that works for me. I'll be expecting one thing and I'll listen to like, maybe it's just not what I was expecting or it yeah. doesn't strike me right away, but put it down for a month or two and come back and you wonder why you put it down. It's happened to me a few times. So sure. Maybe it will yeah, no, yeah. Good point. Absolutely. So Jim, let's talk about uh, <clears throat> this next release, which I got to say, like um, I'm a fan of Corey Taylor. I think As he's, I. I think he's a musical genius. I think some of the stuff that he's done in Slipknot, again, absolutely amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen them several times. I've seen Stone Sour several times. I, I do also enjoy Stone Sour, even though it's really not too heavy. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard rock, right? But um, yeah. I dig it, man. I mean, it's 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 hooky. It's fun. Um, and uh, but Corey on this uh, on Chaos TV, he was interviewed talking about his new solo release. So he's got a brand new solo release called. CMFT and to my listeners that may not know what that stands for, Jim, <laughs> it is, what is it, Jim? Corey motherfucking Taylor. That's right, man. And you know what? He can't be stopped. Can't um, be stopped. So yeah. So, stopped. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So he was interviewed on chaos, uh, chaos TV. And he, he says something about, you know, if you're going to do a solo album, uh, it better be, something that people haven't heard before. Um, and his musical tastes come from all over, right? So he just loves music in general. He loves good music, regardless of what genre it's in. And I will say that he, I'm, I'm not a fan. I listened to the first, these first two tracks that dropped and I, it's, it's super radio friendly. Um, it's definitely not something that I would find myself listening to on a regular basis so far. I mean, there might be some other uh, efforts there, but I don't know. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts? I've heard, uh, well, the two songs are called Black Eyes Blue. That's more rock, you know, a little bit slower and just him just singing. And I watched the lyric video and I thought it was okay. It's certainly not stuff I would seek out and listen to, not that style, but I mean, I just love his voice and I think it's okay. Or it's a, it's a fine song. I enjoy him. And then the other one, CMFT must be stopped. It's more of a metal rap thing with tech nine and kid bookie. And then might be some others on there, but that one I think is kind of catchy. It's, you know, got some attitude. Right on, right on. (laughs) I I, I watched the video a couple times. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and again, it's one, like you said, maybe it's one of those things that it'll, I'll come back to it. But I think the, one of the, one of the, great things about it though is he was able to get tons of cameos for this video and uh you know again from from what i understand too i mean Corey's just a super likable guy right i mean everybody Mm -hmm. is friends with him so he had tons of cameos and there's tons tons of people i don't know but there are people like you know chris jericho there's john uh john five uh lejean from seven dust lars right lars lars ulrich but also Lizzie Hale, Merlin Manson, uh, awesome. Rob Hilford, right? Randy from Lamb of God. 
um, Otep, Nikki Six, uh, the Steel Panther guys. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And there's tons of That's other people too that I didn't even know. So you mentioned Stone Sour Sour, and it reminded me of a joke one of my friends had said. So shout out to Natanic Peeler if you're listening. (laughs) If you're not, I can say anything I want about you. (laughs) But it would be friendly. But he had said that Stone Sour is just slipknot for people who don't want to wear masks. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was pretty good. And apparently that that was a meme he put on Facebook. Apparently it has gone viral. So congrats, Nate, again. Nice funny dude that's awesome very cool (laughs) that's awesome um yeah back to you chris (laughs) so uh a couple uh, a couple shows that we're going to talk about um i I did want to mention too that i was able to uh i did get my ticket for the steel panther rock down in the lockdown with your cock down or whatever you said i can't remember um yeah so um so that'll be fun doing that live stream but, you know, you and I have had a couple of discussions over what's going to happen if metal shows go to go to drive-ins, right? The drive-in, right? What's going to happen? Right. Yeah. Well, it's starting, right? <laughs> so um, the interesting thing is Steel Panther announced another show. Um, Blabbermouth reported that these California metal jokesters, right, they're going to bring their total fun concert yeah. experience to Pennsylvania in September. And they're going to perform two live shows at area drive-ins. And it's part of the fast cars and loud guitars tour. So um, it's interesting. So September 11th and 12th. So it's at the Starlight Drive-In in Pittsburgh and then the Circle Drive-In in Scranton. Um, Steel Panther is going to basically rock live on stage for the performance and then broadcast on the movie screen and audio will be available. There's going to be an outdoor PA system, but also obviously just like a drive-in you can listen to it in the FM transmitter in your car. Now this is all done to keep <laughs> attendees socially and sexually distant. <laughs> so um, I don't know, man, it's, it's a thing. I was talking with my daughter about this too. Um, you know, I, I mentioned to my daughter that because she's really in the music, too. Um, she goes to a bunch of shows. Um, I think I mentioned before, like she seen Panic at the Disco and the Chainsmokers and stuff. Um, and I mentioned that mm-hmm. it might be some time, might be like an hour or an hour. What am I talking about? What the fuck am I talking? It might be like a year before <laughs> we can see a show. And she mentioned that she would go to these drive in concert events if there was one. So. Interesting stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's leaving that show pregnant. <laughs> you know it's going to happen. Uh, just remember, <laughs> wrap that rascal. Um, all right. So n- another show that announced recently, uh, the Download Festival. So that premier UK festival um, called Download. Uh, they announced the lineups for 2021. Um which is interesting because mm-hmm. I mean, after it was announced, um, what have what has my attention is um, System of a Down. So System of a Down, uh, I'm a fan. I mean, I think uh, I I, mm-hmm. I think they're awesome, um, and I just I've never got to see them live. So it kind of captured my my uh. attention a little bit. 
Um, looking at the the bill, I mean, there's Kill Switch Engage, uh, Mastodon, Steel Panther, Bojira is also on the bill. Um, but headlining the days, uh, headlining one of the days is Kiss, which you know they're still <laughs> they're still going. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. it was this when it the when it was released, it kind of got some. Uh, some people people were talking about this is the kind of a really weak lineup and the weakest it's been in years. So just kind of curious your take, Jim. I mean, I know I said that Sepultura is on the bill. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Like I saw Kiss when I was in high school. I never, I enjoyed that show and I went because you know, it's Kiss. It's one of those bands you kind of have to see and didn't really know much about them. And I enjoyed it. And I don't know if I'd want to see him headline now. Yeah. Corners um, there too. Uh, Volbeat. I never was a big fan of Volbeat until I saw them live with when they opened for Metallica at yeah. the US Bank Stadium. And ever since then, I've just, whenever I hear them, it's, I really enjoy their yep. awesome. So I would definitely enjoy seeing them. Uh, the Darkness. That'd be interesting. <laughs> um, was it a, a day to remember? I think one of my friend's stepdad's nephew, a step cousin or something is actually in that band, really? so that'd be kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. Well, I forget well there name. you go. He can get us backstage. We can go there, and we can just hang out <laughs> with yeah. all these dudes. That would be a day to remember. <laughs> awesome. And then as far as System of a Down goes, I would love to see them. We kind of have opposite stories there. I now really enjoy them. I like them a lot. Back when they first started, they seemed to be at every oh, really? show I went to. Like wow. Those fests and, and like any show I'd go to over in Somerset, Wisconsin. And back then, I just I wasn't a fan. I just didn't get it. I hadn't really heard it on the albums. I've only seen them live. But then a few years after that, we started buying the albums and listening to it. And yeah, nobody sounds they like that. They are so, I mean, so unique, There's no comparison. Right? They're yeah, unique, so unique as hell. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that was so, one of, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the bands now. that my ex-wife... Um, uh, you know, basically there's a few bands that my ex-wife would really like get into, um, kind of that bridge that mm-hmm. mutual likes, right? So System of a Down was one, Disturbed, Avenged Sevenfold. Um, oh, and actually while we're on that subject, we'll talk about Volbeat. You mentioned Volbeat. I actually, mm-hmm. okay, I'm gonna get real with you right now. Okay. So <laughs> Volbeat, um, I'm a fan. And like you said, live kind of changes, changes the game, but I purposely didn't, I distanced myself from Volbeat for a while because it was one of those things where, you know, again, this goes back to 2011, right? 2011 when my wife at the time, when she left, right? So we were separated and her new dude Mm -hmm was in the Volbeat. <laughs> right? So so, so I was like aren't. so when I saw that she was listening to Volbeat because this other dude was listening to Volbeat, I'm like no, I'm not going to listen to Volbeat. But then after like yeah. 10 years I'm like all right, that was silly. <laughs> so anyway, um yep. We all have stories about music, bro. Yeah, we do. Mary and I boycotted Ozzy for a year or two. Really? What's that about? Yeah. Uh, it was after one of the last mm-hmm. OzFest tours when they actually went around the country. And 
that was an awesome bill. Mainly we wanted to go because well, obviously Ozzy, but Iron Maiden was mm -hmm. going to be on it. And Shadows Fall and Trivium. I'd never seen, seen Shadows Fall. They broke up after that, so I've never seen them. So um, I don't know if it was Bruce and Sharon got in a big oh. fight or something. And they postponed the show. I don't know if – I forget why they had to postpone it. I don't know if it was because of the fight or not. Then later on, they just ended up canceling it. And it was, I don't know if we blamed the Aussie camp. Got it. Or if they were actually the sure. ones to blame. But regardless, we didn't get to see Shadows Fall or Trivium, which I've seen actually probably before and since. But the main one is we couldn't see Maiden at, out in the big festival area. And that pissed us off so much. We said, no more Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> but that didn't last too long. Well, I guess yeah. a year or so, but. He's been doing it 50 years. Didn't <laughs> yeah, me. That's right. That's right. Oh, <laughs> funny. Um, cool. So now it's that time where we go back in the day, where we take a look at a release from back in the day. And I think, you know, Jim, we should probably mm -hmm. at some point put some sort of requirement on back in the day. Like maybe we should say a, a release has to be <laughs> so many years old or something. I don't know. Um, but uh so the, the first one I want to talk about is Machine Head, The Burning Red. Yeah, The Burning oh, yeah. Red, which actually yeah. su surprised me a little bit because I didn't realize that this was one of their most successful releases. I, I didn't right. know that. Yeah, I was just reading up on it when I saw that we were going to talk about it. And it was their... It's a third release, but it was their what it debuted at what thirty eight or something on yeah the billboard or something yeah like it was you know it's probably because the first the two previous albums did so well that people thought all right let's go get the next machine head and, yeah and it was yep different yep, totally <laughs> I mean it's hard to believe that um, the Burning Red um, came out in ninety nine so that third release was twenty one years old. Uh, and and they did receive a bunch of criticism as well, though. So even though it was their one of their uh, best commercial releases, um, they were doing some different things and going in a different music direction. They did some experimental things. Um, they did stuff like a disco type drum beat, um, which I feel is the standout track on that album called "The Blood, the Sweat, the Tears," which is still a live staple today. So they, I mean, they still play that today, which, which is awesome. Um, there's also like, he did some like rapping type vocals and, and some of the songs as well. And uh, some of the criticism said that, well, Machine Head just, they sold out in this release. Um, it also brought us the, um, it also brought us the uh, police cover message in the bottle, <laughs> which is funny. Um but that also was uh, was something that I remember listening to that CD. Um, some of the favorite courses that I like, um, or some of the uh, some of the favorite tracks I like, I like from this day. Um, I can easily find myself like humming that course. Um, it's got some great hooks throughout the uh, throughout the album. So it was a good album. Um, yeah, that opening oh, riff with the wah pedal too, yeah, yeah, just awesome. Nice. And I didn't realize this too that. This so Logan actually quit the band at the beginning of those writing sessions for this album, and 
mm-hmm. um, I read that Machine Head had been doing guitar auditions for months. This included people from all over the United States to kind of fill that uh, fill that guitar spot, including um, an audition by our own Gary Holt of Exodus and most recently Slayer, of course. So that would have been crazy if Gary Holt yeah. was in uh, Machine Head. Yeah, I'm kidding. So I totally yeah, Bay Area dudes. Yeah, right. I totally skipped over your trivia, bro. <laughs> that's all right we could throw that in anywhere <laughs> all right go ahead what the, yeah. i i'm i'm curious i'm 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 excited about your trivia you usually stump me every time what's going on yeah this one we mentioned gojira so the story behind gojira's name have you heard that one i have not yep they take their name from the original japanese pronunciation of godzilla oh i had no idea Gojira. Oh, dude, I bet you, uh, I I bet you my buddy would know that. I, another buddy. I'm gonna send him a note. <laughs> you know what? I'll have him. I'll have him listen. It'll be good. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I had no. I had. I didn't. Yeah, I, did, I thought that was. I cool. did not know that. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and I remember going back to uh, Machine Head, yeah. Burning Red. I remember going on seeing that when they came through on tour, and I went with my buddy Al, aka Professor Fresh. If you are looking into some hip hop, some Minnesota homegrown hip hop. Check out <laughs> Professor Fresh. Awesome. Rocks. Awesome. And so we were going up to the cities to check it out. And I think it was Primer 55. Uh, I think it was, I don't remember who else was there, but he had never seen Machine Head before. And I'd seen him a few times. And you ever have that experience where you're saying something and then you kind of forget where you're going oh, yeah. or you don't have the rest <laughs> of the sentence for him? <laughs> so I'm like, oh man, Al, Machine Head is going to rock your world <laughs> <laughs> like ah shit oh too funny so, yeah so that's my story for that one and they oh they were i do remember them because they with the whole hip-hop thing i remember they were all dressed in orange jumpsuits and uh, the drummer had like his shave mostly shaved head or like it was short and he had uh, like circles dyed in it and stuff and then rob had like really short blonde dreads and they're like jumping up around a stage all hip hoppy and stuff. And yeah. I didn't mind it. And then they did take a dig at Logan after he left Machine Head, he went to Soulfly for their first release uh, release. And so Rob's like, you'll notice we got a new guitarist. And then he introduced Aru Luster. I think that's his, how you pronounce it. And he's like, takes a dig somewhat Logan and starts playing the intro to Roots Bloody Roots. <laughs> like I forget exactly what he said, but just digging on him like, yeah, he can be a little better than that, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Must have been some bad blood. But I know Rob has issues with people, and that's just the way he is. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So the Burning Red, definitely different. I listened to it again the other day, and definitely some heavy shit on it, and definitely some stuff I'm not really a fan of. And I think, as far as him like rapping metal stuff, I think he did pretty well on a lot of it yeah no i i, I agree like i said it, it, it is a really great really great release um yep and then you know another one that uh you know i, I again i kind of forgot that it's been 22 years since obsolete by fear factory dropped so mm-hmm. um the interesting thing though is that 
this had a few different s- singles and it al- also released mm-hmm. uh, the success of its fourth single off the album uh, called Cars. And the interesting thing is that it also um, included vocals from Gary Newman on that cover. So Newman himself yep. also offered vocals to that, that single. Um, it, you know, it, it's a good release. It does not hold up to the manufacturer at all. Um, I like the song shock. I mean, it just, it freaking it, it's awesome. Yep. Just a killer track. Yeah. It starts so strong with shock and then edge crusher. Yep. Oh dude. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> edge crusher is so good. Um, yeah. I'd have to listen to that one again too. I haven't, you know, like you said, the manufacturers, their benchmark, I think, and nothing compares to that. But I do remember listening to Obsolete all the time. But it's been a while. Yep. Yeah. And I, again, um, it basically said Obsolete basically did break Fear Factory into more of the mainstream. And it was mm-hmm. also their highest selling album, which is crazy. Right. And again, I think, like, like yeah. you said, I think it kind of hinges on the anticipation off of the success of the previous one. Right. So totally get it. Um, I'm going to turn it over to you for this next release because you are the man. (laughs) This, (laughs) this is so awesome. Um, Again, changing the landscape of metal forever. What's this next release back in the day? Thanks for putting me on the spot. I fucking hate this album. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know this 1984 Metallica ride the lightning 36 years old. Wow. Yeah. It's I've always loved it. It's always just kind of been right outside my bubble of master of puppets and injustice for all. But I've seen lately with the being its anniversary and all I've seen a lot of people talk about it and saying it's their favorite and they just love the production. They love the sound. I have listened to it a lot more lately and, it is awesome. Way better than I remember it being. I think it was, well, I don't remember in what order I got the albums, but well, I do, but I don't need to talk about all that. But I do remember getting it and just the feel of it, like the image on the cover of the colors and on the songs like Fade to Black is still one of my favorites of all time. Just solid album. A little short on how they record, but Every minute of it is awesome. Even Escape, which they personally aren't fans of, but I don't know. Yep. Front to back, great album. Yeah, absolutely. So, so um, like you mentioned, what their shortest release, it's their shortest studio album to date. It clocked in at only 47 minutes, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> and you mentioned, too, that, you know, it's just it's that feeling. I remember when I had the cassette, too. It was like, you know ride the lightning um that track the imagery um you know mm-hmm. like we talked about before you're kind of soaking soaking that all in evidently there was a french printing that mm-hmm. mistakenly printed green covers for the album and they're now considered collector's yeah. items so if anyone out there finds a green <laughs> ride the lightning <laughs> album uh hold on to that thing <laughs> or send it to me that's right that's right I think there's only, was it 200 or 400 made? Yeah, I don't know. And I remember they released, when I joined the Met Club, they were releasing a long sleeve t-shirt with the green Metallica Ride the Lightning logo and it glows in the dark, so I had to buy it. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Yeah, great songs. And Mustaine is on 
has some writing credits on here too. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I think he had credit for um, Call of Cthulhu and Ride the Lightning. And I believe Call of Cthulhu, I mean, that was one of the, you know, it really kind of showed a lot of the, the writing strengths of Cliff too, right? I mean, being able to do some yeah. really dynamic stuff. And uh, yeah, that's why it's, it's just it's a, a great song. Absolutely. Yep. I think I was, I couldn't, uh, I tried to fact check this because I was going to do this for my trivia a couple of weeks ago, but I had heard somewhere that Dave Mustaine's, not Megadeth's, but Dave Mustaine's first Grammy was for Call of Cthulhu S&M. Really? But I could not find if that was true or not. Hmm. I don't remember where I first heard it, but was it? Yeah, I think it was. It won the Grammy for best instrumental or something like that. And since he was a co-writer on it, wow! Someone had said that that was his first Grammy because you know Megadeth was nominated yep. what, eleven times before they finally won. Sure. So, but he had one for two thousand one or three or something. Interesting. That's cool. And, and yeah. again, if anyone listening knows, uh, you know, some of that deep, deep knowledge, hit us up. Let us know, man. Um, you know, another thing that, again, one of the shows that you brought up in the past, mm-hmm. um, basically looking at uh, playing um, a show in Oakland, California, the Day on the Green Festival. And that's when basically Metallica played the 60,000 fans. Um, Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Yeah. And that was 1985. Yep. That was one place I'd go back in time and go to that. Absolutely. And and let's not forget that Metallica, Ride the Lightning, as of 2012, they've shipped 6 million copies. (laughs) So pretty, pretty Fricking and, and incredible. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So again, Ride the Lightning, 36 years old. Um, again, I, I think back of when I had that cassette and again, it makes me feel old because I remember how young I was. Um, <laughs> cool. Well, And that kind of wraps it up. I mean, this actually, uh, we're clocking in at one of the longest episodes we've been uh, doing here. So yeah. Um, I want to think... find another little uh, bit of Ooh. info. Ooh, um, what's that? There was a race recently. It was a foot race. Well, foot and hoof race. Um, it Ooh. was. Uh, uh, it was uh, a giraffe and corpse grinder are having a race. <laughs> Who won? <laughs> it was too close to call. It was neck and neck. <laughs> oh, oh, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Not a real uh, fact. That was great. Might have been made up. Dude, we gotta we gotta add some photos into it. Dude, you totally gotta make a meme of that. You gotta, you gotta make a meme. <laughs> I think I've seen one. But... Add a photo of that. That was good. Yeah. Awesome, bro. Dude, as always, yeah. super fun. Uh I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you so much um for listening to episode 10 of the Thrash Report. Um much appreciated. Thank you. Absolutely. Make sure you reach out to us, the thrash report yeah. at gmail.com. Uh, the thrash report on facebook and on the socials at instagram and twitter at thrash report feel free to reach out to us let us know what you think leave us a review um, and comments as well thank you everybody we'll see you next time on the thrash report see ya
just say goodbye.